Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. And today, our guest is the founder of The Hive, where they help purpose-driven coaches build value-centered businesses with years from inside the world of show business, helping actors and actresses learn the entrepreneurial skills that would help them get la- them land the jobs they want without the need of an agent. She finally decided, hey, I can help more people and founded The Hive, as well as became the host of the Coaches on a Mission podcast, which we'll talk on in this episode because I'm a podcaster. You're listening to a podcast. We have another podcaster on the show we're going to talk podcast please ladies and gentlemen put it together for the head honcho of the hive dallas travers dallas thank you so much for being here thank you i'm happy to be here excited yes excited for all the things (laughs) all the things all the things excite me fun um dallas i read off a quick little intro that uh, i have for you i would love for you to introduce yourself to my audience yeah thank you so um as you said i'm dallas travers and I mean, I've, I feel like I've had a business since I was born, but <laughs> you probably feel that way too, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I, when I think about this year and I think about the 21 years I've been in business, what I'm so invested in right now is impact, right? Like I've been in business long enough to know how to make money or launch a thing, like to like all of those online bells and whistles. And what lights me up these days is impact. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but nothing makes me happier than seeing purpose-driven people take the brave step to start their own business so that they can impact more people. So it's about this ripple effect. So that's what I'm really good at doing is simplifying these lofty goals or big ideas into tangible plans. And it's the thing that lights me up every day. So I'm happy. I'm happy to be here because I know we're going to talk about that. Oh, I, I'm already like, I have like thousands of questions. Uh, but we're going to start with, um, so you've been in the world, the entrepreneurial world, 21 years. You launched yeah. a business 21 years ago. Um, it's probably wasn't the same as it is today. Um, but I'm wondering, is your why, why you started your business back that 21 years ago, the same as it is today? I think it is at its core. It's wearing a different outfit though, right? And when I think about my why, I think there are two layers to it, two distinct layers. One is an altruistic motivation, right? To help others. And then there's this natural resourcefulness and like creative intelligence that I possess where I'm just driven to make things, right? And driven to accomplish goals. So in the beginning, I my first business was a marketing service for actors designed to help actors find a talent agent. And that evolved out of a super sketchy experience I had. It was kind of like my first real job working at a talent agency. And I'm going to put air quotes around <laughs> the term talent agency, Phil. Um, you know, and this was a scam operation promising a Lexus commercial or a television series or whatever your acting dreams were. But first you needed to invest way too much money in super crappy photographs, like headshots. So 
I didn't know anything about the entertainment industry. So it took me maybe like eight weeks, 10 weeks to kind of figure out that this was just nothing more than a scam. Um, when I realized where I was working, I decided I need to needed to make a move, but I was not going to move back home because my mom, I was like 22 at the time, right? My yeah. mom was like, this is too good to be true. And I was not going to tell her she was right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't have that little one over on us, man. No, I know, right? So I just thought, I think I can write this wrong. And so I designed a legitimate service to help actors find real agents. So there's that like altruistic piece, right? But immediately my own, it fulfilled this deep desire I have to like express my creative resourcefulness. And that's been the trend. So now that I help coaches, every coach that I work with, they are motivated to make a difference in people's lives. And it's usually inspired by their own journey. And so that motivation to help them help more people exists. And I get to use these natural gifts of creative intelligence. So it's like a two-part why for me. And like I said, the outfit has shifted over the years, but the motivation has always been the same. I love that. I love how you start. It's still your why is to help people, but also you, you need to feed the creative beast that we all have as entrepreneurs. I think all entrepreneurs mm -hmm. have a creative beast in them. And it's, it's what they go into their business. That's what drives their passion. We always have to feed it because if we don't feed it, it just it feels like we die, I feel. Yeah, it like it's like a muscle, right? If you don't mm -hmm. work it out, it just atrophies and becomes heavy weight that we're carrying. Yeah. Um, when you decided, when you figured out like you were working for a scam and they're probably were like, wow, we've got her the last eight weeks. My God, she's going to be here forever. Um, <laughs> right? They they usually figure it out after a week, my God. Um, and you started helping actors and actresses find representation. When did it come to a point where it was like, okay, I can do more than just help mm -hmm. actors and actresses? What was that point like for you? Was it a scary shift? Thank you for asking. I think there's like a, a, there's a point before that that I think is important for the listeners. So my business was this marketing service. Essentially, there's that metaphor of teaching someone to fish versus feeding them fish. Mm -hmm. So I built a very successful business feeding actors fish. And then I wrote a book because what started to happen was my clients would come to me and ask me for career advice. Now, I didn't know anything about the entertainment industry. I had no business giving Like, anybody. I just get you representation. That's that's my limit of knowledge here. Like, I'm I'm trying not to gatekeep you guys into this industry. <laughs> well, it's like, well, my, my experience is working for a scam company. So do you really want my advice? But because I didn't have, like, any baggage, right, or I actually didn't know the rules, I gave really smart advice. It was, like, entrepreneurial advice that actors had never heard before. So people were accomplishing their goals and having these career breakthroughs. So I started coaching. So I had the marketing service and I also started coaching and teaching workshops. And then I wrote a book. And the day the book launched, I probably had like 200 clients in the marketing service and seven of them bought the book. And that was a huge light bulb moment for me where I realized, oh, these people think I'm the lady who couriers their headshots to agents they don't know that i have all of this other knowledge now and can help them in a much deeper way so i decided in that moment i was going to close the marketing service down and go all in on coaching 
So I did that. And that became really successful. And then you asked about moving into like coaching coaches. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm the first coach you've ever met who coaches other coaches, right, Phil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, you're, you're like the first one ever. Diamond. In, in, I just found this diamond. <laughs> what an amazing idea. But what started to happen was coaches were seeking me out. Like, hey, you've really built this thing. Serving an audience that kind of doesn't have money and you're able to Make scale. Money. <laughs> yeah. So I started like mentoring other coaches on the side. And then truthfully, and maybe some of your listeners can relate to this. It took me way too long to give myself permission to go all in on the next iteration of my business and to switch our audiences. And I think it was because I, my ego, if I'm being honest, was like, oh, what will these actors do without me? And <laughs> And they're all fine, actually. Pretty <laughs> sure they're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I knew I wanted to make the switch about three years before I had the courage to do it. And the mistake around that was if I had done it earlier, I could have sold the business, right? And instead, I waited until I was just so done with it that I didn't, I like did a flash sale on all the courses and called it a day. So I don't have a, a regret around that, but Looking back, I see where I didn't trust my instincts and um, it just like slowed my growth down a little bit. Right. No, I love that. And because it, it, it's it, it's a lesson that you learn. So like when you grow, when the hive grows to the certain level where you're looking to take yourself to the next level, be it a new new industry you're going into or even if you decide, hey, I'm done, I want to retire. You now know, hey, I know I can get a lot more for this and I don't want to get to the point where I'm no longer enjoying this and I just flash sale and yeah. I don't make the return on investment that I could have. I love that lesson you just also imparted to my audience. Yeah, I'm happy to. So, yeah, so I guess that, I don't know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Like how much of your business is data-driven strategy and how much of it is your intuition? I'm probably like 60, 40 intuition. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, <laughs> but this was an example of when I didn't follow my intuition and I felt it. Mm. No, I, I like that. Yeah, I'm more on the intuition side because my main thing is monetizing podcasts. So I have to be creative. I have to look at yeah. seeing it's not necessarily numbers because number all you need is a thousand followers and your 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 podcast is good. You can get them ten dollars a month at a thousand dollars. You're good and it's growing to there. So it's like it's now being creative and how to get those numbers th those people. So mm -hmm. it's a lot more intuition. Um, so yeah, no, I think yeah. You have to follow your your gut sometimes because yeah. it, yeah. it, it serves you. It serves you. It's there for a reason. Yeah. As long as you can tell the difference between when your gut is like cheering you on and when your gut is just terrified to take action. Yeah. Right. What do you do in those moments when your gut is terrified for you to take action? I feel like I've been doing this too long where I don't have that experience any longer. I used to. <laughs> Right. But now I think I've like made enough mistakes and had enough successes that I know no matter what happens, I can recover. And actually for me, especially when I think about programs I've invested in that didn't really follow through on their promise or these other, 
I'm again, like air quotes here, but mistakes that I've made, though, that's been where I've grown the most. So I really am not afraid to make mistakes any longer, um, except in an area when it comes to my team, like the people who work for me, I think yeah. sometimes I can get it a little twisted right? Like care so much about nurturing my team and making sure that they're comfortable and we have this inclusive culture that I compromise the business, right? For the sake of the individual. And that that doesn't feel good for them either. So that is an area where I think I can, I'm still not clear about when it's my nerves talking and when it's actually my, my instincts talking. Oh, I like that, that you're still learning and you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're growing because you have the business down pat that those, those intuitions are spot on for you. Now it's the, the more human side of it because you, were you, when did you hire your first teammate? Yeah. Um, I remember what I'll tell you is there were like interns that I hired, right? Or little siloed people to do very specific jobs. But the year I hired my first like full-time for real team member, mm -hmm. our business revenue increased by 101%. <sighs> I know. Wow. Um, because we like the workforce literally doubled, Phil. Makes right? sense. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that was back right like the year before my book came out. So 2006, like a lifetime ago. Um, and I just remember really clearly learning through doing the benefit of making a strategic hire and relating to my team, my, my one team member, right? But as an asset rather than an expense, I think up until then it was like, well, what, who can I afford? And, and like, what's the minimum amount of money I can spend? And I was working too much for the company to actually grow. So when I shifted that thinking and really saw that spending the money to invest in a for real team member is acquiring an asset in the company, rather than just another expense on the expense report every month. And it, and I've never looked back and I see that over and over again. Now, when I bring on a team member, um, I have three of them, three full-time people as we speak. When I bring on a team member, I'm adding an asset to the company. And if I can't um, crunch the numbers to prove that this is an asset, it's likely the wrong person in the right role or the wrong role that I'm hiring for. I like that. I like how you're looking at everything and taking everything into account to see, get, take it as an asset. Cause that's what a person is. They're an asset yeah. to your team. That's why you're hiring them. You're not hiring them just to fill a role. You're, you want them to bring their knowledge, their skills to help you build a better business. Yeah. It's like the difference between hiring to solve a problem, which sometimes we need to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I don't know anything about WordPress. So I have a tech person who is a WordPress genius and there's there's our problem solved, right? <laughs> but when we're bringing on, like when we think about the team rather than contractors, if I hire to solve a problem, I'm not growing the company, right? So I want to hire to grow the company and further the cause. And then you have to bring on an asset in order to do that. I, I want to talk about growing and where you see the hive and yourself in the next five years? Mm. 
Um, so right now, The Hive is a year-long mentorship program teaching sales and marketing strategies to values-driven coaches. And I see a real opportunity to add another layer to that, which is a coaching certification, really teaching people inclusive coaching skills so that they can have a deeper impact on the people that they're serving. So I see five years from now having like a coach certification track and then a business certification track. And I don't quite know, Phil, how those two things go together, right? And like, I don't have the details worked out, but that's definitely the next step for the Hive. I love that. I, We're I also that. really committed to social impact. So we have a... Uh, social impact exchange program where coaches who serve a marginalized community in exchange for a tuition waiver, they move through our curriculum and every month give us feedback on where our curriculum doesn't actually work for their audience and for their business model. Um, just so that again, that we, so that we can deepen the impact and have this ripple effect so instead of me going in and trying to serve a marginalized community that I have no real knowledge of or connection to, we're helping other coaches have that impact. So my commitment, like we're working on it now, but we're just continuing to grow the fellowship program. I love that. And I definitely need to put you in contact with uh, uh, a person who I interviewed yesterday. Oh, cool. That does something called charitable impact. And it's specifically with Canadians. However, I think it's... Yeah. possibly a great uh, connection to have. So since you want to impact, he's impacting people. So probably an amazing connection. But I love that how you're looking to make your your programs more inclusive by having the, the, the marginalized groups come in and go through and say, hey, you need this is an issue over here, this we need to fix up here to make it as inclusive as to everybody possible. Yeah, thank you. It's been really, I'm learning a lot. Um, and maybe this might transition. I know in your show, you talk about tips, mm -hmm. um, but uh, if you, if what you're really committed to in your business is impact and belonging, that's more than just like hosting a party where everyone's invited. It actually requires a lot of work and intention. It's worth it, but it does require a lot of work and intention. How, when you do have one of your, uh, one of these individuals come through these coaches helping my my marginalized groups mm -hmm. go through and when they do point out hey this could be problematic or this may be an issue do you f I i'm just curious because i know some people may feel attacked because it's like when you put through a program it's like your baby and obviously through this time 21 years you've gone through you you probably have less have less of that connection as it, it's a product not just a baby anymore like some people when we we're early in our mm. career it's this is my baby <laughs> why are you judging my baby do you have that issue or are you able to separate it? that's such a good question this to me, it goes back to the why. So I, what I want in my program is impact, right? So, and I'm like really rooted in that intention. I've been on my own journey, learning, like walking the path toward an anti-racist business and really learning everything I can about inclusivity. So I'm calling in this feedback, okay. understanding that the goal here is for people to point out what I don't see. So because of that, and, and I can talk more about the structure too, but because of that shared agreement, 
they understand and I also understand that our intention is to make this program better for all so that we can improve more lives. So it's not really about, about me, right? And that's incredibly helpful. I will say, though, that it's easy to almost have a knee-jerk reaction. And so then we're just changing things every other Thursday based on the feedback we're receiving. And that's also not helpful. So what we do with our fellows is once a quarter, we review everyone's feedback and then intentionally choose up to three changes that we will implement. So it's a slow burn, right? But we're really, intention is often a slow burn. Yeah. You're instead of just throwing gasoline on it to burn up the fire you you're creating a fire that can last forever yeah that will help people go further and further and keep more and more people warm in essence instead of just having the quick quick everyone's heat okay good yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i want to i want to ask and and this is probably a great place to ask the tip question Mm -hmm. how do you get to that place how do you get to a place where you're able to look at it and go this is going to help more people and not take it as an attack is it Mm. going back to your why always going back to your why or is there something else you can uh, help my audience with this is such a great question there's there's a few things like number one this is not my first rodeo so with time and maturity right i think we all just get better at receiving feedback so that's just like part of it Right. Mm -hmm. Then you mentioned the why. And I think understanding the bigger intention behind our work. And even if you're listening and you like you're selling widgets. Right. Um, Like what is the why behind the widget? And if we can get really clear on that and it doesn't even have to be a why that's about saving lives or transformation. It could be a why about creating financial freedom and generational wealth in your family. But when I stand in that intention, the feedback just like whizzes past me and toward the intention instead of landing on my heart. The other thing that I think all coaches in particular, because that's who I work with, need to work really hard at is identifying the distinction between when they are proving worth and when they are providing value. So my goal is to provide value. So if I'm trying to prove my worth and make sure that the hive is the best thing anyone's ever seen, I'm going to get offended every time someone points out a typo on one of our slides, let alone any of these other bigger structural problems. But if my, if my goal is to provide value, it's just not about me. And this is a skill that we can cultivate, right? Redirecting our intention and our energy toward providing value rather than proving our own worth. Great tips. Great tips. I need, and I needed to hear that. I need to hear that every once in a while. Remember Mm -hmm. that it's, it's, it's the feedback is only going to grow and it's not attacking who I am. Got to hear that every once in a while. And it's good to hear it from someone who's further along their journey and uh, every once in a while. I thank you. And I also think that, For me, remembering that any feedback I get is coming through the lens of that person's lived experience and their mood of the day, Yeah. right? (laughs) Which is a huge part of it. So again, like bringing mm, compassion, I think, 
to whatever they might be going through in that day and understanding that whatever they're saying to me comes through that filter. But again, if we make decisions with intention and those intentional decisions are rooted in our own values, negative feedback is welcomed. And it, I find it doesn't sway me at all because I'm just not making stuff up, right? I'm not just randomly throwing something out there on the internet. Um, I'm thinking through why I'm doing it and the impact it's going to have. So now if you're giving me feedback, it's about the impact. It's not about me. I like that. I like that. So much gold from you, Dallas. My God. Um, I do want to know about a memory because uh, mm-hmm. we are moving quite quickly through this and I hate, hate, hate that. Um, but I want a memory that you have in your 21 years. It can be from uh, a win a client received or a win that you were able to achieve that just, re- again, re-cements back to the why because that's the most, thing, the most important thing uh, uh, an entrepreneur has or a person has is their why. Why are they doing something? So do you have a memory you care to share? You can share multiple memories that that's yeah. all right, but any type of memory. This is such a great, oh, I love this question so much. And I know we're going to play the spark game. I've listened to your <laughs> show, right? So I know yeah. where this is going. One of my core values, Phil, is it's something that I call spark because I don't know that there's actually a word for this. So like that synergy is beautiful. So what is spark? Spark is that moment where The way I relate to myself, the way I see myself in the world shifts because of that thing I just did. So I'll give you an example to illustrate this. And then I have a couple of spark memories. My daughter, she's eight now, but the summer when she was five years old, she taught herself to ride a bike. I tried to help, but I couldn't run fast enough to keep up with her. So I'm sort of like dragging her to the side. It was a nightmare. But this kid, she spent the whole day in our backyard, which was super smart because she's on grass. You have to really engage your core and try a lot harder to pedal. But also if she falls, she's fine. This kid taught herself to ride a bike in an afternoon. And that morning, she saw herself as a kid on training wheels. And that afternoon, she saw herself as this capable, strong, resourceful, free, big kid on a two-wheel bike. And you could just see it even in her posture that the way she saw herself was different than it was when she woke up in the morning. And I live for those moments. So there's one that's standing out in my mind. And it's so interesting that out of all of, because we see spark moments all the time, but this is so clear in my mind. It's um, a coach in my program. She helps uh, professional musicians land college teaching jobs. So like a very specific niche, right? Very, very specific. Yeah. And I got an email from her like late December and it said, I'm completely floored. I had no idea this could ever happen. I can't even tell you how but I made six figures this year. She's like, I made six figures this year. And now I see that I'm capable of doing that again. So there's that spark, right? Or even we'll see it inside of the hive where I had a conversation yesterday with the coach 
she's a fitness trainer, but not in the stereotypical way we think of fitness trainers. Her goal is to help people like sneak intentional movement into the nooks and crannies of their day, right? And she has been struggling to find the words to describe what she does in a way that cause people to lean in instead mm -hmm. of just say like, oh, that's nice because I totally don't understand what you're talking about. Well, you're an accountant. That's nice. <laughs> like, okay, have fun with that. And, you know, we were wrestling around with the wording. And so I'm just listening to her talk when she wasn't trying to get it right. Because when she was trying to get it right, it was not working. Mm -hmm. But I'm just listening to some of these things she said. And then I just wrote down inside the hive, we call it a dream client power statement. So I wrote it down and I said, how does this sound? And I said it to her. And she just immediately started crying because it rang so true for her. Now, I didn't do anything. I just listened really well, right? These were her words. But we left that call and she stood up straighter. And these marketing actions that she had been dragging her feet on, she was now excited to go and do because she saw herself instead of as just another fitness trainer, she saw herself with this purpose and this mission that people are going to care about. And it, these spark moments, they kind of happen by accident in a way, right? We can't ever create them, but they're just totally magical. And that's what I live for. I just, I, I can't get enough of them. Oh, I love those stories. And I love how like you you have the one with your daughter mm. having her standing proud. And then you have the two oh, amazing. And I, can't believe active listening is all we need it's the active yeah, listening right? mm -hmm. you just need someone to listen to us yabble on and we'll solve all our problems um <laughs> as you mentioned we are going to the spark question of the game uh show, if i can grab it here we go um as you know spark is from seek discomfort an amazing organization amazing youtube channel that seeks to create friendships from strangers and if you were 99 years old and okay. given the chance to come back to today, what would you do right now? Oh my gosh, I'm so surprised by my answer. So my daughter goes to school on a farm. She does this outdoor school program. And Rosie, the goat, had babies two <sighs> days ago, four little tiny baby goats. And I have not made the time to go to the farm and see these teeny tiny goats. And that's my answer. I would hang up with you, Phil, get in the car and go to the farm and see these tiny goats that are like the size of a tissue box. Oh, my God. You should do that. <laughs> I need to do that. Yes. Me I, too. I will pick her up today. Yeah, you should come. <laughs> yeah, I'll jump on a plane. I'll come right down. Um, by the time I get there, school should be out and I should be able to see the go baby goats. Um, I wonder how many times people have a surprising answer to that question that isn't that's like very, I don't want to say mundane, but like just very day in the life instead of, well, I would launch another funnel, yeah. <laughs> right? Or rebrand my website. So I'm I'm surprised and delighted by my answer to that I question. I love your answer, going to see baby goats. That's the first, like that's a life moment. That's like a, a memory because yeah. how many times do you get to see baby goats that have just been like a few days old? I love it. Um, Dallas, I'm jumping off the screen here. Okay. Um, I want you to tell my audience where they can come find you, how they can support you, listen to your podcast. We'd even talk about your podcast. Um, you have, have to bring me back, Phil. I will. I, you know what? I'll get you on my podcast about podcasts because that's even better go. about it. Um, <laughs> Dallas, the floor is yours. 
Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you everyone for tuning in. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you are a podcast person. So come over and follow Coaches on a Mission. The format of this show, I actually coach uh, coaches through a business obstacle that they're facing. So it's like jam-packed, filled with strategy, and you get to eavesdrop on these really powerful conversations. So the name of the show is Coaches on a Mission. Also, if you have any questions for me, the best place to find me is Instagram. My Instagram handle is Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. Awesome. Dallas, thank you again for coming on this show, being a delightful guest and sharing so much knowledge with my audience. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. To my audience, all the show notes down below will have the links to Dallas, her, the Hive, the podcast, everything. Go listen to the podcast. It's great. Amazing value every episode. So uh, I'm, I'm listening. Shh, don't tell her this. Um, <laughs> I'm stealing her knowledge. But uh, uh, as always, remember to always invest in yourself. Mm -hmm.